morning, everyone. It's, it's good to be here. Um, it's going to be a bit different this morning. Um, I'm not going to be based in a passage. I'm here to give my testimony this morning to God's goodness and what a good God he is. And it feels like Dwayne has told you most of my story, so now I'm going to tell you the real story. <laughs> my truth, yes. But Christmas was a bit of a roller coaster. Um, as most of you know, I spent two weeks in hospital. Um, and whilst I was preparing for this morning, I was going back through the texts that I had sent to the family to try and kind of put a timeline together in my head um, about what, when the events took place. And um, my goodness, poor Duane, for the first like day or two, every text was just a random string of letters that I had sent to him. I have, I have no idea what I was trying to say, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I wasn't really aware of what was going on for those first few days in, in the hospital. So I want to start this morning before I was taken sick, though. Um, what a great visit we had when Matt came to speak to us, um, pastor of Radical. Great morning. Who would like that to be our normal experience of coming to church and meeting with God. I believe that as a church, we need to press in until we see that happening. We need to continue to ask God to release the gifts of the Spirit amongst us. And I think God's challenging us to do that. Um, look at us as a congregation the struggles that we have with health, the amount of people that are having operations, and Ian struggling with, with his family and, and losing his mother, Eva Joyce. It's good to see you back here this morning. Praise God. And um, Alison, I know you and Darren and Hannah are struggling with all that's swirling around you right now. And I'm sure every single one of us here could add to the list of things we're coping with, things that are coming at us and out of left field. Alison was saying in a meeting earlier this week how she finds it really encouraging when so much is going on because she knows Satan is mad and we're doing the right thing. Amen? Amen. Satan does not want us to have more Sundays like we had with Matt. <clears throat> but the Bible challenges us got a ton of stickers here, so hopefully I can get them all in the right order. The Bible challenges us to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, first, starting at verse 27, now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, various kinds of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly, this version says, eagerly desire the gifts. And then it goes over, doesn't it, in chapter 14, verse 1, Pursue love and earnestly. 
earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. We're challenged by scripture to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. So what does that look like? Well, I think my testimony, um, as I go through that, I'm, I'm, for me, I begin to get a glimpse of what that looks like to earnestly desire. But, <coughs> as I said, after Matt came and we saw those gifts being used amongst us, um, the next thing that happens in my timeline is God did a miracle. I can't tell you what an amazing miracle it was. He released £26,000 to the work of Cal. Earlier in the year, God spoke to me very clearly about the finances for CAN. Remember back a year, um, last January, we had those three weeks of prayer and fasting. And I was praying about the finances. In August, God gave me a scripture in Daniel, Daniel chapter 10, and I've got here verse 12. I've got so much of it highlighted now. But verse 12, it says, Then he said to me, that's the angel that God sent to speak to Daniel. He said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. For me, that was God telling me, He'd heard my prayers when I'd humbled myself through fasting before him and that he had got it under control. And then in December, the finances came. God's timing on this was miraculous because, as I was telling Jenny earlier in the week, I was looking through my diary, and in my diary I'd written a note to say that on Friday the 2nd we should hear back about the bid I'd written for the 20,000 for Can, And the fact that we heard it before I went into hospital was God's grace and his mercy, particularly to us, that he was in control. Whatever was going on around us, God was in control. Praise God. And he's blessing the work <coughs> that Can is doing in this community. One other thing happened before I went into hospital that stands out for me was on Sunday the 17th of February, I didn't make it to church that day. I spent the day in bed. Um, but Dwayne and Beth both organized for the prayer team to come over. Um, thank you for those who came. It was an impromptu thing. It was very last minute. But the prayer team came round to pray for me. Jenny took the lead um, with Beth, and I had Gwil and Dwayne there. I just believe that was God's fingerprint again on what was going to happen. That again, He's in control, and that everything that was happening was under this, the power of the Spirit, and that I was okay. I can't tell you how many times when I was in hospital I said, I'm so glad that prayer team came and prayed for me, because it carried me through um, what was going. So we had Matt with the Holy Spirit, we had the miracle of finance that came, and then we had the prayer all setting up 
the testimony of what, what happened. And then I went into hospital because I wasn't feeling great. Dwayne knows that I really had to be feeling bad if I asked him to get me to hospital. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So I went in and got sent home. Um, and again, just want to praise God. The doctor I saw rang me six times because I'd left my phone in a different room and I didn't, it was on silent, I didn't hear it. He rang me six times until I picked up and asked me to come back into hospital as fast as I could. So I went in, I have little to no memory. I was even trying to get the days right with Dwayne. I have very little memory of the first couple of days in there. I was hallucinating. Um, I was in and out of consciousness. I have no actual memory. However, my family has some great memories of what went on that first day particularly. Um, apparently, Rebecca was on the phone. I sang to her. <coughs> Not a good moment, I'm quite sure. <laughs> And Johnny tells me that I made him eat the food they brought for me because I was absolutely convinced that they'd be really cross with me if I didn't eat the meal. Mm -hmm. And so poor Johnny is downing bites of chicken and whatever was on the plate. Um, and the other thing that stands out very clearly in everyone's memory is that I insisted I loved honey in yogurt because I'd had it once on the A1. <laughs> I really don't like honey. <laughs> But I told everyone that I'd eaten it once on the A1, and that's what I really wanted to eat, was some honey and some yogurt. Um, they moved me from ward to ward, and finally, it felt very suddenly, they came in, checked me over, and um, instantly I was whisked off to a side room because they said I was contagious, and they sure did get me out of that ward as fast as they could. But again, that was God's goodness to me um, because of what was coming up. So they whisked me off to a side room, and here comes the first challenge. Um, it was in a room next door to where I had just spent a week oh, watching my mum die. And the first thing that Satan said to me was, this is where they bring the women in your family to die. Isn't it interesting how after a couple of days of hallucinating and not knowing where I was and not knowing what's around me, that jumped out so clearly. Satan is real and he's out to get us tied up in knots. I was in a lot of pain. I was in so much pain. I was begging for pain medication. And the guy brings into this room half an ibuprofen. If Dwayne hadn't nearly hit him, I think I would have done, even in my weak state. I was like, you're having a laugh. And I showed Dwayne, Dwayne's like, what is it? And I said, it's half an ibuprofen. I recognize these. I was in so much pain. I was convinced I'd been put in that room to die and I could feel myself sinking down and down and struggling to hang in. And when you're struggling with depression, with thoughts like that, 
Bristol is the last place you want to be because it is full of death. I don't know if it was the night of the 21st of December or the night of the 22nd of December, I got put in that room in a very dark place. The first thing I want to say this morning is that if we want to see the gifts of the Spirit released amongst us, we need to create an atmosphere of faith. I was reading Derek Prince's book when I got back from hospital over the last few weeks, The Gifts of the Spirit. It's a brilliant book um, if you want to know um, more about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's so easy to understand. And he groups together faith, healing, and miracles. He groups them in a group, and he calls them the power gifts. And in this book, he says, in order to see the gift of healing, we have to have the gift of faith. Look at us right now as a congregation. We need that gift of healing released amongst us. And so therefore, we need the gift of faith too. He puts it this way. Healing power is the power of the Holy Spirit, which is made available to the body of the believer. You we have available within us, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that very same power that raised to life the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That should already be building our faith. Obviously, I wasn't reading this at the time, but the first night in that room, when I was battling with those demons, felt like I was battling with powerful, dark demons, particularly a demon, a spirit of death. This pain was so strong, I could no longer cope with it. At one point, if I could have ended it, I would have done. I couldn't cope with the pain. And it struck me. That's a demonic thought. That does not come from God. I know it was a battle, I was being bombarded. But suddenly, in the midst of that, I'm like, I know that greater is he that is in me. I don't feel it, I feel like I'm sinking, but the Holy Spirit is in me. Again, Derek Prince, that same power that raised to life the dead body of Jesus Christ is in me. I've taught, I've practiced, I've raised my children long enough now for it to be second nature that even in the darkness, I somehow knew what I had to do. I've never been anywhere this dark before, but I found on my phone some worship music. Praise God, I was in that room. I had no headphones, but I could play worship music. The song that I found was one Gwil introduced some weeks before, I Speak Jesus. We have to create an atmosphere of faith. I may not have articulated the thought that way, but I knew I had to do something. 
faith comes by hearing. Amen. Hearing by the word of God. We have a weapon of praise at our disposal. So the song goes, I want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. My mind needed to hear that. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every fear and anxiety. I was full of fear. I needed to hear that. Satan had me struggle. It goes on to every soul held captive by depression. That was me. Later it says, break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn the fire. The words of that song were leaping out of the phone to me that night. It says, shout, shout Jesus in the darkness. In the semi-darkness of that room, with every bit of, bit of breath I could muster, which wasn't very much, the family will tell you, even when I'm like yelling something, it was coming out as a tiny whisper. In that room, I was shouting Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. I needed that power, that healing. I needed life in that room. Now, everyone will tell you I'm not much of a music person. So after I'd listened to it for about 10 minutes, I was done with music. So I turned on David Suchet and had him read the Bible to me. And <coughs> I just happened to be in Psalms the last time I'd opened the Bible, um, which isn't that one. Oh, I didn't... Um, so he started off in um, Psalm 40, and I listened to the Psalms. So we get to Psalm 41. The Lord protects him and keeps him alive. He is called blessed in the land. You do not give him up to the will of his enemies. The Lord will su sustains him on his sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to full health. As for me, I said, oh, Lord, be gracious to me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. He went on, Psalm 42. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love. At night his song is with me. A prayer to the Lord, to the God of my life, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning? Because of the oppression of my enemies. As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you in turmoil with me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Psalm 43, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall praise him, my salvation and my God. And then finally, Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, 
Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam through the mountain, though the mountains tremble at its swaying. That's my God. It felt like David, King David, was describing me in those psalms as I listened to them. I needed faith. <coughs> I needed faith before I even got to pray for healing. And there was the Holy Spirit dwelling in me, building in my faith. Faith in the power of the name of Jesus. As I spoke his name. And faith in a God who rescues his people. I was beginning to know inside that I was going to come through this. Slowly, by God's grace, by his goodness to me, the atmosphere was changing in that room. The circumstances hadn't changed. I was still in pain. I was still fighting my way through it. But as I cried out to God and declared his name, there was peace in me. As Dwayne said earlier this morning, he may not change your circumstances, but he will bring peace within us. So if we want to see the gifts released among us, we need an atmosphere of faith. Secondly, if we want to see those gifts released amongst us in a greater measure, we need to learn how to submit to the Holy Spirit. I needed that gift of healing. I had no choice. I had nowhere else left to go. In Romans 8, in the series that we've done last year, we talked about living a life led by the Spirit and what that means and how it's a practical life. It's not just mental ascent to something. It's a practical, very practical thing that we need to do. I believed then and now that Jesus heals. I believe that the gift of the healing is available to the body of Christ today. However, I could not conjure up healing in that moment for myself. I had no option but to eagerly desire the gift of healing and build that atmosphere of faith and deal with unbelief. I had to send it packing. I had to take control of the thoughts that were in my mind and submit them to the Holy Spirit. To me, submitting to the Holy Spirit meant rejecting the voice that told me I was brought there to die. In the name of Jesus, I had to speak that power, that healing, and that love into my very bones. I found a new song that we sung this morning, um, which God kindly put in for me. We're fighting a battle you've already won. That on my phone and that built my faith. It encouraged me um, beyond where it should have done. The Holy Spirit used it to speak into me. You have available within you, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that very same power that raised the life of the dead body of Jesus. He gave me. 
pure as the state, in the middle of my circumstances, he vanished under weep and he spoke encouragement into me. Proverbs 4, <coughs> verse 20, well, 20 to 22, it says, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all flesh. We know, don't we, you can't have come here many weeks before knowing that we need to be saturated in God's word. But we need to be listening to the Spirit. What is God saying? Every time I felt I couldn't cope with something, whether it was the pain, whether it was something else that was going on around me, instead of giving in to despair, I would pray in tongues. If I'm honest, I'd completely forgotten about speaking in tongues. I'd complete, my head was in and out. I hadn't forgotten about it. One morning, I texted Dwayne at about four in the morning saying, I'm in so much pain. Please pray for me. I have an hour and a half until I'm allowed more pain medication. Dwayne texted back, pray in tongues. I did. As I prayed in tongues, not only was I flooded with that peace again, knowing that I would get through it, but I felt the presence of God right there with me. It made such a difference. As things happened during that day or two days, whoever, I don't remember, when things happened, I prayed in tongues. And the Spirit was with me. I'd listened earlier in the year, about four months ago, <coughs> to a podcast interviewing Jackie Pullinger. You probably know her, but if you don't, she was a, a powerful woman who went as a missionary to Hong Kong and she worked with drug addicts <laughs> in a very dark place. And she was saying on the um, podcast that one of the things that she saw was when the addicts were saved by God, the Holy Spirit would give them the gift of tongues. And at salvation, she and they would pray in tongues until they had been completely healed from their addictions. And the people would come and find her because they knew if they went to any other program, they would just get addicted onto the other drugs instead of coming. But if they found the woman that prayed in tongues, they could be set free from all addiction. And so she began to see lives change through speaking in tongues. We have a weapon of warfare that we underestimate. I know I did. I'd forgotten about praying in tongues, but I had never prayed in tongues as much as I did in that hospital room. God, if God can use it to heal men from addictions, then he can use it to heal anything, and he can use it to heal me. On Christmas Day, I wasn't getting better, and the doctor said that my lung was full of 
fluids. And this is what is causing all the pain. But it was Christmas, and there was only a skeleton staff on duty. He didn't have the backup he wanted in place. And so either I would have to wait a couple of days, or he could go ahead, but he wasn't sure about it. Well, he agreed in the end to go ahead. But as they have to do in a hospital, they have to explain to you all the things that can go wrong. And then you sign to say it's okay. <laughs> as he explained all the things that could go wrong, I was already in so much pain. What was I gonna do? He was saying the one thing was it was really important that I didn't move. And it was gonna take 20 minutes. And I had to be absolutely still for 20 minutes. And I could see he was nervous that I wasn't gonna be able to do this. I spent the whole 20 minutes praying in tongues. And it got to the point I had, to, I was leaning on a table like this. And it got to the point that my arms were shaking so badly, just trying to hold that stance and not move. But God was there. Amen. I prayed in tongues and the peace of God was there. And when he finished, they drained two liters of fluid off my lungs and the pain relief was almost instant. Praise God. Every time, I had something that I had to deal with and I could feel the fear come in. I prayed in tongues and saw God with me in that situation. If we need to see breakthrough, if we want to eagerly desire, if we need healing in our lives, pray in tongues. I think we underestimate the value of what God has given us through his spirit the gift of tongues. We need to see a breakthrough in tongues and then those other gifts will follow our healing, our breakthrough is here. This is the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. And I'm telling you, it will banish fear instantly and you will feel the peace of God. Amen. I praise God that he brought me through this. I praise God by his spirit, he met me in that hospital room, that he's healed me. He's restoring my health week by week as I keep um, challenging myself and increasing the amount I'm doing. So we need to create an atmosphere of faith. We need to submit to the Holy Spirit. But finally, we have to ask and keep asking until we see breakthrough. What are the barriers to seeing the gifts released amongst us? I need to start with me. I needed to be reading the word. Praise God that today we have phones that you can get the Bible read to you. Because I don't think I could have focused on words enough to be able to read them. It's a basic requirement. Remember that proverb? The words of the Lord, be attentive to my words, for they are life to those who find them and healing to their flesh. We need the word, but we also need the gifts. <coughs> I believe that we are in a day 
is emphasizing that he's looking for a church for the word and the spirit. It's not, it's out of balance just to be one. And we don't want to be left behind in what the spirit is doing in this place, in this city, in this nation. There's a polarizing taking place in the church. If Satan can take one of those things out of the church, then he's happy because he has made it unbalanced and it will not function. It becomes dysfunctional. The spirit is emphasizing word and spirit today. We must hold both in high value. We cannot get out of balance and emphasize one or the other. I needed to deal with demonic spirits, spirit of unbelief that had flooded into my head. We need to deal with demonic spirits that are holding us back from seeing those gifts released in our midst. Um, <coughs> Hebrews 3, verses 12 to 13. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. We need to deal with that unbelief. We need to deal with that sin as we listen to the word of God. Let's do that right now. Holy Spirit, we bind unbelief in the name of Jesus. Be gone from our minds. Be gone from this room in Jesus' name. We cast you out by the power of the blood of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we pray that we would believe the words of God that have life in Jesus' name. We have to understand deliverance. We will be healthier if we do. We will be more battle ready if we submit to the Spirit of God and allow him to clean us up. Don't settle and think you can live with things as they are because you're comfortable. Better the devil you know. No. Better the Holy Spirit that can bring health into our bones and deliver us. We need to be pressing in but don't back off from deliverance just because it's gone quiet. Satan will do that and trick us into thinking that we're okay. We need to tackle unconfessing and deal with forgiveness seriously. There's nothing like a life or death moment to focus you before God <coughs> in repentance. I was forgiving everyone I could think of just to make sure I was right with God. Hallelujah. We have a prayer team here that is very good. I know because they came and prayed for me before I went into hospital. Confess your sins one to another so that we can see those gifts released in our life and in the life of the church. We need to deal with sin. We need to deal with unforgiveness because Derek Prince says, other teachers say over and over, it is often the biggest barrier to seeing God move in our lives. 
that are in spirit means. Living a life led by the spirit is a warfare one step at a time as we press in and keep asking. Matthew, Matthew 7 <coughs> is that classic verse, isn't it? Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. We already know that if we press in, God has promised us that we will seize, find what we're looking for, that we'll see those gifts released, and that we will see this church established and reaching out into a community that is lost and broken. My footnotes say, ask could be translated as keep asking. Well, I tell you what, in that hospital room, I didn't just ask once and then think, well, I've, you know, I've done my best. I was asking every time I was in pain that God would do something. Seek, it says, is prayer connected with responsible actions in pursuing the will of God. We need to pray. We need to up our faith. We need to make sure we've had that deliverance. We need to be doing what we can while seeking the will of God. Taking advantage of where we are and the people God's put around us. Knock, it says, suggests perseverance in prayer confident that God is faithful and has the power to provide. As we see God set us free, as we see God heal us, as we see miracles happen, he provided the 26,000. I kept reminding myself, God's not done with me, or he wouldn't have given the church 26,000 for the work he's doing. I need to be there. I knew he could heal I dealt with the doubt. I created that atmosphere of faith, confident that God would come through on his promises. Is there anything that you need from God today? Are there any demons that you're fighting? Do you need healing? Whatever you need, whether it's a miracle, deliverance, or healing, we have a God of healing and miracles. Let us keep asking until we see those gifts working amongst us every Sunday. Not just on special occasions, but whenever we gather together in the name of Jesus, we're confident that the Holy Spirit is there to work. Let's finish with the scripture that um, Richard read for us kindly this morning. It's a believer's prayer for boldness. And it's um, <clears throat> the disciples in Acts. I want to make this our prayer today. It says, starting in verse 24, when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? 
the kings of the earth set themselves. The rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. That's us, his people. Go down to 29. Now, Lord, look upon their threats. Those are their circumstances, the chaos that you're dealing with right now, the threats to your servants, and continue, uh, grant your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness, while you, while this is the Holy Spirit, stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your Holy Servant, Jesus. Goes on to say, when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. 